Hey guys, this is the F1 101 podcast with Brandon and Olivia. Sorry we're, uh, for the delay in recording. We were nursing our hangovers from the pre-game, uh, Miami pre-game show. Pre-game and, show. and the post-game. We couldn't be bothered to pod, but here, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about some race details, some weekend updates, some media coverage. Um, mostly, if I can... An- get close to two questions answers to two questions it is what happened and why <laughs> and if we can kind of approach any sort of understanding of like what even was that um i think i'll be satisfied here's my question olivia was this miami gp the fire festival of f1 <laughs> they're selling lifestyle what? they're selling influencer and celebrity Connections. They're they're selling a look. We got the marina and the fake beach and the pools. Crypto.com, which is literally what fake money. Some kind of yeah, (laughs) financialized house of cards. Um. All right. (laughs) The checks to uh, service providers are definitely going to be bouncing soon. Did you also hear that um, some of the paddock visitors are uh, talking about? that uh, the services weren't worth the money. They're like, we paid all this money, we got I mean, $2,000 for standing tickets wasn't worth it. I mean, we paid $0 for sitting tickets and we watched it on the computer. And Olivia, it was... F1 TV is not, <laughs> is not a free service. Oh, oh, I don't pay for it, so yeah. it was free yeah. for so me. So one, one of us picks up the check there. <laughs> yeah. All right, so there was definitely... I mean, the Firefest vibes were just, it was so there. It was taking me back to, like, the Bahamas. It was like, who who's writing these checks? Who are these investors? Are they the similar investors? Um, it was capturing a similar audience, you know, young influencers, a lot of money. There's the glitz and the glam. Look, it's F1 wanted to infiltrate the States, and they're doing it in the best way possible. I mean, there's, you're not having a GP in Montana like you're not you're inviting everyone that's going to give this some coverage and I guess in some sense that was incredibly successful I I was you know at the gym yesterday morning see on like the on the televisions right before like basketball playoffs and sports center there was like it was 90 seconds but there was prime time uh, space given to F1 and and about as much as you'd expect it was out of that 90 seconds 75 of those were who showed up and 15 right. was lap for lap one and then lap 57. Uh-huh. So, you know, not to their credit, there wasn't a lot in between, but we're talking about people who don't have a ton of F1 knowledge, may not even be interested, but the entryway is the celebrity. It is the recognizability. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Here's, here's my thing. I don't really care about the celebrities. It's not any hard feelings or dislike toward any of the particular celebrities, but I just don't care. Like, Michael Jordan's great. I don't really care that he was at the race. Right. You know, Bex was a A-minus soccer player. He's... Careful. He and I share a yeah. birthday. We're practically best friends. George so. Lucas made a couple good and then a couple bad movies. You know, it doesn't. <laughs> I, it doesn't really move the needle for me. So... But I know it does for other people. But if you are, here's, here's my advice. If you are holding narrative stock in 
F1 gets big in America. Mm -hmm. Sell that stock now. Or if you want to hold on to it until Vegas next year, fine. But it, the, high, the high watermark value is not going to get higher than this. Yes, it's a success. Yes, F1's breaking into the States. I hope some of these races are here to stay. And yes, there will be a new generation of American fans who hang around. But the trend aspect is, is going to die out. And yeah. the fans that stay around are going to be the ones that stay because they like the racing. They like actually watching the races. They like the cars. They like the development of the cars. They like the engineering. They like the strategy. Yes, they like the drivers as people too and following their arcs, but they're going to stay because they're actually into the thing. And yes, F1 will, will have been, will become bigger in America in a way that's going to be, I think, pretty lasting just in the way that like, you know, fans in the early aughts uh, in America kind of got into the Premier League and that, mm -hmm. you know, that foothold oh, yeah, has not idea. eroded. Um, but it's not going to be the new bright, shiny entertainment thing anymore. Right. I mean, and we're going to look back on the marina and all that as kind of a uh, novelty. Yeah, silly gag. All right, so first of all, don't take stock advice from Brandon. He's never once played the stock market. <laughs> I'll just put that up top. Yeah, so if you're so smart, why aren't you rich? <laughs> Brandon's like, why? Brandon invested, just bought a hundred... Um, hundred million dollars worth of stocks in uh, Netflix recently. So don't listen to what he has to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I'm you're... Stick with Peloton until the end. <laughs> just bad luck. It was just bad luck, Brandon. Good investment, just bad luck. It's a great product. You know you want one. <laughs> so um, welcome to the Peloton Netflix podcast, Brandon Olivia. All right. So I think that you're right. They're definitely pushing the the image of this and the people who are really going to stay are going to look past that. Um, so the real total capture of audience is going to be way lower than it is. Um, I would be curious to know after this Grand Prix, how many people show up in Barcelona, the, the you know, US audience? I, I would really want to see what that drop Oh, American like. fans traveling? No, American, no, just even watching just what the um, oh, the viewership, the viewership numbers. would be because I think it'll be high. I, I wonder how that progresses, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep a look on that and report back. Um, it's, it was just such a crazy thing. So as an American, if you've ever traveled outside of the States, and you meet another American, you really just think, like, please don't embarrass us. Like, please, <laughs> I'm, we're putting yeah, a lot of trust you, on you not you to here? embarrass us. And going into this weekend, I was, like, having those similar feelings, like, oh, please don't get so drunk and, like, you know, try to hit on all the women, you know, the women, and, like, it just... I, I think that we didn't do too much to embarrass ourselves, but I don't know what this, I, the whole time I've been thinking, is this making me more or less excited for the Vegas GP? Is this making me more or less excited about even the Austin GP? I mean, this is, if you think this was crazy, if, you, if people who are calling this a fever dream, like, do you even know what Vegas is? Like 2023 is gonna like, it's going to terrify you. You're not, you need to like get a, you know, a thicker skin for this because Vegas is going to be insane. They're going to have like Bravo TV is going to like stage like a real housewives of Vegas fight at the, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like to the next level. Um, but there was a part of me that, you know, 
is observing from a distance all this like spectacle and then a part of me that just feels a little bit crushed that like I don't want something that I love being dragged down to a level that I feel like is not worthy of it. Well, there's still the racing. As long as they get the track right mm. in Vegas, I think it'll be great. I think the spectacle, I think it'll be a cool place to watch cars go really fast through. As long as the track is dynamic and produces a good race, you know, I think the other stuff will will eventually fall away. But yeah, it's going to be a little bit of a, you know hyper real spectacle shit show in Vegas no no doubt but if they get the track right and there's a good race it's it's all worth it and I think that you know the Firefest thing is obviously a little bit cruel because the event was not a failure um but you know I think mixed reviews on the track I'm not that into it the race will definitely not be one of the highlights of the season wasn't terrible but um yeah, they've got to still continue to grow and get the get the fundamentals right. What do you think about holding the race during the day? So this was one of the things that marked this race completely different from everyone else on the calendar is that for its heat and humidity, usually you have that in in the evening. Like oh, like races. Singapore? Right. It is the physicality of it is insane, and I read somewhere that Carlos Sainz is is drink didn't wasn't working and he was like just beyond dehydrated like mm-hmm. you can kind of see like his face is like slack and vacant when he's like up on the podium and I think there was a couple of different instances where the the dehydration was like getting to a, such a critical point why do you think that they had decided to have it during the day and not in the evening? I think Florida's the sunshine state that's part of it you know you want to see right. the palm trees and the pool and you want to be able to you know have that helicopter shots pan out to the beach which is you know actually like 30 miles away from the stadium <laughs> but in any case yeah you're you're selling a you're selling a look that isn't quite the same as 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 it would be at night under the lights you know Vegas is a more natural fit for that but yeah it's 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 hella hot so let's all right enough of the the sideshow. From to what did what did we learn this weekend, Olivia? What are what are you what are you taking away? Lewis has a dick piercing. <laughs> I mean, nothing's been confirmed. I haven't, you know, seen with my own eyes. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not trying to be uh, sensationalistic here, but I I literally can't draw another conclusion from what he's actually said. He said he can't remove it. He can't discuss where it is. Uh, but it it forbids him from complying with the jewelry regulation. So I I don't know, maybe alternate explanations are possible. You can let us know what what my, those might be. My very vanilla and conservative alternate explanation is that he doesn't agree with this jewelry ban and is just going to make up an excuse about why not to do it. Um, it's like the dog ate my homework. It's like you can't prove that the dog my, my dog didn't eat my homework. So we're just going to go with that. Uh, I This whole sort of... I mean, Vettel's wearing the, you know, under outside of his, uh, his suit that this, they're just drawing attention to the ridiculousness of these rules and regulations. I don't know how ridiculous they are personally, because it's just like, all right, take off the jewelry and race. It doesn't seem to be that much big of a deal. But if you feel like you're being targeted, if you like this, there's being a rule that like wants to strip you of something that's important, like important to your identity or your, I don't know, the way that you put value into things then I would make sense that you'd want to have a little pushback but is he pushing back too far 
I don't know. I don't really care. I mean, it's it's to me, it's not egregious to have safety regulations in a sport where the inherent danger is so high. And, you know, you look at Roman Grosjean catching on fire or Gerhard Berger, you know, a couple decades. But the things that are possible that can happen to you in these cars that the idea that they'd want, you know, flame retardant things or things that wouldn't melt to your right skin. I mean, I don't know. Is that really... Is that really so wrong? I mean, it's hard to argue against safety because that's what everything in the sport is working toward. I mean, faster and better um, production. I mean, engineering and all those innovations, but it's also the protection of the lives of these drivers. And we've seen that that literally has had positive effects. I don't know. Prince right. Albert or not, I guess if you're in a crash, it's... You know what? If, if the ladies love it, you got to keep it. But they love him for his personality and his politics, well, right? And his fashion sense. Who knows? There's lots of reasons to uh, lots like to a love. person. Yeah, lots to love. Okay, um, to the race itself. Uh, just uh, just a broad point. I I didn't love. I didn't actually love this track. It wasn't terrible. I think it can get better. Uh, on paper, that really kind of naughty, twisty, slow speed section through turns eleven to sixteen looked interesting mm-hmm. from an engineering perspective looked tricky and it was tricky and you saw drivers getting it wrong a lot in practice but then by the time it was the race it was just okay they just all went slow you can't really do any racing through there but everyone seemed to take it at more or less the same speed i don't remember anyone making particularly a mistake there so it went from being this interesting i mean they kept building it as a mistake generator like you know mm-hmm. people are going to but I don't remember a single significant Racer. mistake there the whole way. It's just they get they slow down and go through this little, you know, twisty slide, and then they're out on the main straight, and it didn't seem to have really any impact on, on the results. And then, that back straight, I mean, straights are important. You need to give these cars a chance to get up to eighth gear and show their top speed and their straight line speed and have passing with DRS straights are great but this straight was like twice as long as you need to kind of uh provide those benefits to the race and because the pavement or the asphalt or whatever was so slick offline it didn't even really deliver the passing you'd you'd want out of that because you get offline and then it's Slippery. I mean, there there was still passing. It was mostly sort of in the, the late midfield. There was a lot of jumbling between, like, the Haas cars and the Aston Martins and a few others that were, you know, roughly positions 9 through 14. There was a lot of movement in there, but I don't know. So, yeah, I'm trying to come up with different, like, ways to answer, tackle this, the idea of this track. And in one sense, it was very boring, and the other, I think that if it had rained, we would have seen way more issues with yes. uh, slippage and more driver error and more crashes. I, I think everyone was just completely shocked by the lack of red flags and safety cars. This was... Yeah, because it, everyone was had... slipping in practice. And then until when did Lando and Gasly crash lap? 50 or so or oh I'm sorry in the in the 40s 41 uh you know they're really 
I mean, there was some important stuff happening at the beginning, but then the the race was really in kind of a lull for for a very long middle stretch there. And both crashes, even Schumacher's and Vettel's, they were they were kind of like a tap of the wheel that just hit in the wrong place. They weren't yeah. a collision. They weren't like someone spinning off and hitting like you know rear ending. That was it wasn't even race to race. Dry, like overtaking it was just kind of these like dumb little things yeah. in the, uh, you know, that gasly lando crash is still hard to even assess totally who was at fault or it was like when you're kind of you're you're driving you're going a little bit fast and your your mind floats and all of a sudden you've kind of wandered over and like you know tapped a curb or taken a mailbox out or something i mean it was like careless right now this was like if you're two pedestrians kind of like you know grazed shoulders it's like you know we're both we have plenty of space like we're walking on the street but we kind of ended up this close i don't know why um yeah i've i've looked over it a couple of times there's been plenty of you know reels and memes about it and i've i've watched this on loop and i still there's there's nothing i can see to my eye that indicates like any uh wrongdoing on either part so bizarre i i i don't really know what to make of any of those crashes except that the heartbreak of Schumacher missing out on his first points. And he's still one of the only drivers not to Schumacher score. misses out. That was a bummer. He was slated to probably finish 9 or 10. Yeah. Vettel was having an okay race. He was, you know, coming up. Yeah. He was doing his overtaking champion thing. You know, his, he was earning his, his you know, second annual overtake award. Um, we've had some, some people did... A little bit better than you'd think. Let's start out Alban with... Albon did a pretty yeah, good job. Yeah, let's start out... Let's take the underperformers first, because I think that's a shorter list, and then we'll kind of get to people who deserve a, a gold star. So, bummer for Vettel, bummer for Mick Schumacher. Schumacher's... I think he still hasn't scored a point yet this season, which is... Or uh, ever. Or ever, right, in F1. That's... His actual performance of potential, I think, has been better than that. So that's that's tough for him. Bummer for Haas to Magnussen a little bit behind. Not a not a great home race for them. Although I actually don't know where Haas's home is. I mean, they have a allegedly they're based in somewhere in North Carolina, but they their staging base is in the UK. We near the other teams and their development plant is literally on the Maranello campus um, with Ferrari, uh, which is a a topic I want to hit in another uh, special episode, because I think there's actually a lot to think through there about the business of F1 engineering, but a topic for another time. Uh, But nevertheless, of course, they build this as their home race. AlphaTauri gets two cars into Q3, and then both cars end up nowhere. And then the biggest disappointment of all has got to be McLaren. What are they just when it looked like they were getting back on track? Lando finishing on the podium in Imola. Ricardo getting points. You know, Lando might have finished eighth or ninth, but stupid crash. Ricardo again just nowhere nowhere to be seen. What's what's his excuse? I actually have no idea. I don't know. I cannot come I don't up know. with any what concrete is he doing? answer for this. The, all the visibility around Ricardo, especially because he is so visible. I mean, he was doing, um, he was going on show, American te- television shows all in the week running up to it. I mean, he is trying to build his, you know, his visibility and his, you know, 
recognizability. And he was, you know, doing a bunch of meme stuff and, you know, interviews with people and, try, you know, crop top, you know, pit walks and all this other weird stuff. And it seems like he's been leaning into that so much and underperforming so hard on the track that it's like, I don't know where he's standing. I don't know how I should like think of him anymore because he's putting, he's trying to build a celebrity and he's also falling off hard on his um, performance. So between those two things, I feel like he's putting energy in more than another. And this is not like a, like a value judgment. Um, it's just, I've noticed that, you know, he's trying to sell a lot more sweatshirts than he is getting uh, points in F1. Yeah, no one's going to say this. Certainly, Zach Brown's not going to say this this early in the season. But, And I don't think they've made a decision yet. But I think if it stays like this, they've got to be tempted to, to move on next year um, with their second seat. Yeah. I mean, everyone should always be forward-thinking. You can't have, you know, all your hopes on two drivers. You have to be a little bit looking to the future if he's not doing that a little bit more then i don't know what he's doing in position well mclaren yeah and mclaren very clearly has a lot of drivers uh in the pipeline in particularly some americans colton herda uh pato award who, who is mexican right. but but races in in indycar so right. they've got a lot they've got they've got other ideas and and other options all right just um, to kind of move through a little bit what do you think of russell and finishing ahead of Hamilton he's had some better luck he got to pit on the safety car he had to get to switch to mediums he was a little bit had a more competitive edge over Hamilton because of the way that maybe luck you know was his no, I think it was just luck it was a solid race from both of them yeah great. Russell stays out long he even comes on the radio saying I'm gonna stay out even longer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because if I get the safety car, and then that crash happened, and yeah, his the the confluence of his strategy, and then the 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 way that the race turned out, it just aligned perfectly. So he finishes one spot ahead of Hamilton. He wasn't better necessarily on track. It just the luck of the draw went his way. Uh, but he gets credit. Russell had a very bad start and slipped back to I don't know. 10th or 12th or something and and made his way forward so it was a good it was a good race Russell Russell is one you know the opposite of Schumacher who whose points are really flattering him I mean he's been good but the fact that he's finished in the top five every race this year is also it, it it's good performance and it's consistent performance and and luck um, yeah. I don't think it was better per se than Hamilton this weekend uh, in past some past weekends, he he definitely was. George, give me some of that luck. I need it. Uh, Ocon deserves props because of his crash in practice. He had to skip qualifying. Major. So he started yeah. last. He stayed out long too and ends up finishing eighth, which is on a track that's not super easy to pass. I think that's that's he really good. He was suffering from you know neck back problems. He was definitely out of sorts after his fifty one G crash. Signs. Um, signs too yeah and both of them especially Ocon have been particularly verbal about speaking out against what you know certain barriers need to be done and yeah. certain safety stuff yeah the there's there's no way they don't enforce that barrier more generously yeah. ne- next year uh, Albon another deserving credit again just the red headed wonder uh, yeah just going under the radar and then there he is at the end finishing 
10th initially, but then Fernando, who I want to talk about next, uh, racks up some penalties and Albon is advanced to, to ninth place. But again, out out driving the the car. Can he be our driver of the <laughs> week for uh, three races in a row? I think um, the biggest surprise of this season so far isn't his performance, but is that I'm excited about Alex Albon again. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, I think that's I've I think I've known myself pretty well and then Alex Albon, you know, scores in the in the points in the last three races and then I'm like, who am I? Yeah, Alex Albon in maybe the worst car on the grid and, and yet Let's just say it, worst car on the grid. Probably, and yet each race you're still like watching to see what he's gonna do. That's that's something. Alright, to Fernando. Fernando this this weekend was pure late period Fernando in that he has an awesome start. He shows his genius. By, by turn two, he's like past four people already. And you're thinking, oh, what the, where does this guy come from? How, how does he do it? And then, of course, he ends up, at, you know, he finishes out of the points, gets all kinds of penalty, you know, nothing to show for his his talent and, and flashes of brilliance. What ultimately was so disappointing about this race, I mean, disappointing is a little bit of a harsh term, but the start was so thrilling. The start was, was really exciting. I, yeah, I couldn't have imagined anything. I mean, my heart rate immediately just like it jumped up into my brain. Like it was, it was so good. Um, incredible start by Verstappen. Incredible start by um, by Fernando. I mean, they tried to do the playbacks to like see like how he did it too, but he's literally just like everyone's just like fallen back as if they were making way. Like he just yeah, it was like the seas is parting. Um, but yeah, Max getting signs into. I guess the move happened through turn one and two, but he comes out of turn two, at least clearly ahead. That was awesome. And then from there, the race was pretty uneventful until the crash. Uh, Max just slowly waits for the DRS to come on. He gets uh, Leclerc on lap nine via a DRS pass, using that straight line speed that the Red Bull has shown. And then you think, you know, as it's happened, this pattern in some other races where they're, okay, then Leclerc's going to get DRS. He might, you know, make them move back and it'll, they'll have a real battle. But no, Max just kind of kept pulling away. Leclerc couldn't really do it. Uh, and so then, it, yeah, Max eventually pulls something like a seven-second seven lead. The safety car eventually changes everything. The cars are bunched up again and you, you're slated to have these battles because it's, Max and Leclerc, and then it's uh, Sainz followed by Checo, and you think both of these following cars are going to have DRS, and they did, but neither could pull the move. Yeah. Even Leclerc with, you know, multiple laps of the DRS, he, he could close, he could get right to the back of Max's car, but Max didn't set a foot wrong, and the, the car seemed to have the speed, so Checo cool composed his... from Max, and, and another expert performance. Yeah. He tried to pull one out, but he's, you know... He wasn't the Mexican minister of offense, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, eventually um, he he got a little eager and just kind of threw a crazy pass, but he he couldn't stick the landing, and then that was kind of. I that. would have loved to see him on the podium. He if he had ma- nailed that move, it would have been my driver of the day. Easy, I would have liked that. Yeah, that would have been awesome. Um, speaking of driver of the day, because we're coming to the end, I'm just gonna be real boring. Give it to Max Verstappen. I think that that first. The first move overtaking signs, kind of setting the the pace for the race, fastest lap, 
really, and then also in a major way, huge points for Red Bull, narrowing the gap to six points in the constructors, narrowing the gap to only 19. In the, yeah, and the you know, it, 19 points actually might seem like a pretty significant lead for Leclerc after only, what, five races? But if you're actually watching the races, especially the last few, you almost feel like as long as Max's car doesn't fall apart, like he's, he's got this. Yeah. He's, I mean, I don't he's gonna to get too there. Soon, but yeah, it does. I hope it does. I said as long as it's <laughs> as long as the car. I mean, the D, the DNF said it's you know. That's a whole different thing, but. I mean, it'd be amazing given like the way it started, but who knows? Who knows? I I won't speak to what I don't know, but yeah, we're only about a few races in. We're we're five races in. I think it's five. Yeah. So that means we're one third, one fourth. Even less, because there's going to be 22 or 23. So, okay, yeah. So, one third. We're like 18% of the way through. All right, great. Barcelona and Monaco next. Two controversial tracks. Why? Because one is boring and the other one's boring? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> one is boring and no one likes it. And then one is boring but is Everyone also the marquee it. event of the sport. So. I, I, I would love, if I can just, not, not a prediction, but just like a, a wish and a hope. I, I do want Leclerc to win Monaco. Okay. I really fair, want fair that. Enough. I want the, the, crin, the prince to be crowned. But then, you know, I think Max is the more deserving. He's, he has the championship. I think that he, it's, it's his to lose, really. Um, but if, if uh, it was like the same way I felt when Hamilton won Silverstone. Hamilton got that 100 race. Hamilton won in Brazil. Like, he got all those great things. He didn't win the championship, but he still didn't, you know, walk away with nothing. So yeah. He still, he still, you know, got money for, for playing. Um, I, I kind of wish him the same fate for Charles. But we'll see. Two back-to-back. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll, we'll see you then. All right. See you guys. Bye-bye.